Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Michelle and Derek Spencer, and they go through their real estate investing journey, and I absolutely love this. Andrea McDonald from our team, who has worked with them for, I feel like it's been 10 years plus at this point, is on this show as well, and she shares her some of her journey as well and how they were working together over the years. And the reason these episodes are very special to me is these are the local Canadians who are taking action, investing in real estate, and changing their lives. And when I say changing their lives, Derek, who worked at the TTC for 17 years, was able to walk away from that job that really didn't feel right anymore, and real estate played a big role in that. So to hear how they went down the real estate journey, what they're doing now, some of the property types they started with, some of their favorite property types now, wait to hear how much they spent on a couple uh, properties just um, in Northern Ontario. Wait to, yeah, I'm just in shock at that one still. So it's a great episode with local Canadians right here in the greater Toronto area who are taking action. So if you are thinking of doing something like this, just know it's possible because there are other people exactly like you doing it right now. And if you are listening to this and you want to get started on your own real estate investing journey, you can come to the same introduction class that Michelle came to by visiting CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. This is a class where Nick and I go through all the different strategies that we're helping investors. The entire Rockstar team is helping investors with right across the GTA. So everywhere from like Belleville to Aurelia to London, Ontario to the Niagara region, all the different strategy types, different cash flow numbers we share, what we're seeing on the streets right now. We go through everything and we stay on after the class is over to answer any questions that come our way. You can register for that class at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's enough with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Michelle Spencer and Derek Spencer and Andrea McDonald. And uh, Andrew, Andrew, why are you laughing? It's a very official introduction. This is how we do things here. We're, so Andrew and I have been working together. I feel like, um, I think you guys know the story. We tried to cha- chase Andrea out of here. Do you know? You guys know that? No, I don't think so. Oh yeah, Andrea was going to start working with Rockstar. She came to meet with us when we were in this Burlington office, and she had just got her real estate license. She's like, "Hey, I want to start working with you guys." She already knew Mike on the team, um, and uh, we're like, "No, nah, we don't think you you want to do this." <laughs> Why don't you just like go away for a week? We'll tell you all the horrible things that you have to do filling vacant properties for investors and doing all this stuff late nights on weekends. And then if you really want to do this again, just kind of come back in like a week and let us know. And I think I told Nick, I'm like, yeah, I met with Andrea. I told her, I don't think this is right for her. And then a week later, she showed up. And we're like, okay, like if you're crazy enough to show up, then yeah, you're perfect material. Yeah, <laughs> look work. how long she's been here. And she, no, I, and not <laughs> yeah, and, and and not only that, just she's been uh, Andrea, like the people she's worked with, as as you well know, um, she's had their backs and done the most crazy things with investors, filling different properties at all times and places and different situations. Um, for some reason, something comes to mind uh, where at one townhome, I think that you were filling it in Burlington. Um, it was for Ron. I don't want to say his last name, okay. but the tenants cut a hole in the the floor to lower down a piano into the lower level. Do you remember that? I kind of remember that. Because they couldn't get the piano into the basement. So they literally (laughs) cut the floor open to lower a piano. Anyway, so yeah. So Andrea's, uh, yeah, completely incredible. And we are lucky that she did not stay away and came back. Yep, you are uh, lucky. Yeah, totally, totally. So Michelle, pull this down. Yeah, angle that down towards you a little bit and then pull it as much as close as you can to you. We want to hear you. There we go. So so let's kind of get into it. How did, Michelle, we'll start with you and then we'll pick on Derek. How did you come across like real estate? Like what, what is your journey into this real estate world look like? How did you begin? Um, well, in 2011, uh, I was just driving back and forth to work and tired of listening to the radio. So I started listening to audiobooks and I came across um, like the Richard, uh, Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was inspired and I made Derek listen to it. <laughs> and fortunately, yep. he was also inspired. No one can see that. So I just want to make sure that Derek just rolled his eyes. Yes. <laughs> he was forced to listen to Robert Kiyosaki. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I guess 
Robert Kiyosaki convinced him that, you know, real estate was a good idea. And yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. So we joined Rockstar in 2012. We bought our first property then with Andrea as our coach. And it was a rent to own. The people actually just finally bought out last year. Oh, wow. So you kept that rent to own going? Yes. Increasing the purchase price every once in a while as yeah, you went along? Yeah, but not enough. Yeah, sure. Well, who could have <laughs> who could have predicted? We used to think 7% appreciation in a year. We had a few investors that we've worked with and we thought, oh, if you're appreciating at 7% a year, that's a bit, that's a tad aggressive. Yeah. Like you're getting your little, let's settle down here. There's enough profit at like five and a half. Yeah. Let's not go crazy at seven. And now, I mean, the last couple of years, if it hasn't been 20%, you've been under. Yeah, Right. exactly. Yeah, we unfortunately renewed the contract three years prior to them buying out so three years before 2021 we set the purchase price for 2021 so yeah we lost out big (laughs) but we helped people and you know and you were still profitable overall exactly yeah Yeah. and it got us into real estate so so. let me rewind there a little bit what what made you trust andrea like you just seem like you were so casual about this like yeah i listened to this kiyosaki thing uh found rockstar met andrea just bought a property did this whole rent to own thing so like you covered an incredible amount of fears there in like three sentences yeah like what was it that was it was it meeting someone like andrea to kind of help you through the process yeah. or were you just determined that you guys were going to do this and was it always joint between you two uh no it wasn't always joint i had doubts for many years that it would allow us to have, you know, that it allow him to retire. He had doubts because he's like, I don't see how like this one or two properties like is going to replace our incomes. But I would say most people think that way. Yeah. Um, is one or two properties enough to be financially meaningful to you guys or to people in general now looking back over a, over a decade? Or I don't what? think one or two is. No, it's meaningful, but probably not allow us to retire. Got it. Yeah. So then, Derek, did you, has your attitude changed? If and, yeah. and why? Um, because well, you I, have I, retired. I have. <laughs> I, I did. I, I did leave the TTC. Awesome. Which was the greatest decision I've ever made. Even if I had to go back and work somewhere part time, doesn't matter. I'm not there, right? It was it was affecting my health. Everything. Horrible organization. Horrible. Oh, plus really? The job, plus the job itself. Right. Got it. Dealing with people, getting yelled at, getting sworn at, getting threatened. What were you doing at the TTC? Uh, I was a streetcar operator for 13 years, and then I switched to bus for the last four years. Downtown Toronto? Like Toronto? Well, I was on Queen Street for many years. Oh, wow. Night car. Oh, wow. Vomit, comet, whatever you want to call it. Vomit, (laughs) comet. Wow. Whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. And and it wasn't good for your health just because of the stress of Uh, that job? Dealing with the general population? Everything. Like, you're off schedule. There's no normal shift. Like, the most... Can you pull the mic just if you can? Yeah, there we go. There's no normal shift. Like, if you work days, you start between 4 and, like, 6 a.m. And you're finishing... Depends. It could be a 12 and a half hour day. It could be an eight hour day. It depends on what shift you're doing. Split shifts, stuff like that, right? You eat off peak. You like you're just never in a rhythm. It's. I think just, the biggest thing is you're not appreciated. Like you're not appreciated from your boss. You're not appreciated from the public. You know, I yeah. where I work, like I have an amazing boss. I've been there since '97, actually. What do you do, Michelle? Uh, I work for an import export company, and. Uh, I was in my last year of university and I started working part-time for my boss. I was taking psychology at, at U of T and I decided it wasn't something that I wanted to continue. So I ended up just kind of falling into this job and I've been there ever since. And my boss, like he's very um, understanding, he keeps me on my toes, he's very entrepreneurial, like he keeps things interesting. And he also gives me the flexibility to you know, pursue other activities like real estate and mm-hmm. you know, options trading and like just, yeah, yeah okay. whereas Derek didn't have that. He had like a structured schedule. You have to book your vacation a year in advance. There's no deviation. Yeah, and like, you can't even be a minute late. Like one minute late, you're a mess. You're better off if you get stuck on the highway, you're better off calling in sick than to show up late. Because if you're late, that That means because generally like I most of my time there I worked either afternoons or evenings into night. So I'm taking over a vehicle that's already in service. Got it. So if people. you're a minute late, it's there's so, no point. And there's travel, right? Like sometimes if you have to get to like St. Clair West Subway Station to take over that streetcar, well, I'm starting at Queen and Roncesvalles. I have to get on the system and get up there. Like this all takes time. So every minute that goes by, that person who's waiting to go home because he's already worked 12 and a half hours, 
and all those people sitting on that vehicle are waiting for me to be there, right? I never really thought of that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a complicated it's inter- system. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing that you're discussing because I feel like in that role, you're almost a little bit invisible to the people you're serving. You know, people come on, punch their ticket. I don't even know how to pay for TTC. I don't know. What do you yeah, do? You flash a card? Cash or, no, pay, that's pay. presto. And yeah, that. yeah, cash. Come on. I yeah. mean, you know, that's <laughs> Some been outlawed. Still for, do. No, I, I'm joking. I still yeah. carry around cash. I'm like, well, I'm going down with the cash in my pocket. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I could see how people kind of would be dismissive, just like get get on, take me oh, to yeah. where I'm going to the next stop. Don't say no one's really saying hi, or maybe you have the odd regular who says well, no, hi there, to you. There are some people that yeah. you kind of got to know, but for the most part, you're just an obstacle in their day, right? Got it, and, and, and that's uh, it, right? Yeah. So good for you that you were able to kind of walk away from that. Yeah. Like congratulations, that that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. to, I lived with stress in a couple of my past jobs and you can only handle that for so long. Like it does show up in your health. Yeah. And I don't know if it did for you or not, but for me, I was getting sick every month in my past sales job, um, literally every month, like clockwork, as the month was coming to an end and we were calling, you know, the, the numbers kind of do, the stress just kind of like ate mm-hmm. me up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a bad way to live. Well, I was miserable at home too, like, yeah. which Michelle knows. Because like, yeah, you, you know. don't seem miser- miserable now. You're no. showing us pictures of owls on your I'm, phone. That you're I'm just out in the woods. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. In the woods, enjoying life. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so, how long were you at the TTC? Seventeen years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, the real estate portfolio was able to assist with some of these decisions. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, we started with that one, and um, we just sold the rent to own last year. So now we we still have eight properties. Um, what was it like going to Derek when he was skeptical over this? Like, what were those conversations like? Because you obviously proceeded. So, Michelle, did you just bulldoze that you were going to do this? Or was Derek, like, just kind of sheepishly saying, okay, like, I disagree, but fine, have it he, your way? He didn't disagree. <laughs> I think he just isn't the type of person to go seek out the education and seek out doing these new things, whereas I am. Like, I just always want to see constant improvement. I'm always learning. Um, So back to the question of, you know, working with Andrea and deciding to buy a property. So I probably studied real estate for about a year. Um, Then I stumbled on Rockstar and, you know, listen, I was first skeptical, I'm sure, like a lot of people, like, are these guys for real? And then listening to your stuff, reading your newsletters, I'm like, yeah, these guys are for real. And then we got paired up with Andrea and she just, she has a kind of personality that, you know, she's just a very, like a a person that you, you trust and like, you know, naturally. And I think Derek felt the same way. So I think the first step was, okay, let's go look for properties. Like we don't know what we're doing yet but i mean i have used the rockstar materials of like you know how to fill your property i've gone to the fast start class like let's just take the next step so we did and you know then we we found a property and we asked andrea like do you see why we shouldn't buy this and she's like nope this is a great property and so then we just one step at a time so then after the first property you went for another one as like a straight rental i forget the path duplex duplex. yeah and that you filled that one yourself did that come with tenants no, we no. filled it ourselves. Okay, and yeah. the um, and the way you analyzed the properties was just purchase price, and then looking at the carrying costs. Like, how yeah. did you? What yeah. was your decision criteria? Yeah, spreadsheets. Okay, and then what yeah. about cities to invest in? How did you decide that? Um, well, Hamilton um, was where we had our first, the first, the rental home was in Hamilton. The duplex was in Hamilton, and then the next one was in St. Yeah. Catharines. So basically, I mean, we were just following where the cash flow, you know, appeared to be. You know, which kept getting further and further out. But when we did you buy could it. get cash flow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was easier. Okay. Easier. It was easier then, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but back then we were probably yeah. saying, oh, it was easier five years ago. You know, it's always. I mean, we've heard that. I've heard. I have a friend in 1998 mm-hmm. told me, Tom, do not buy properties now. The real estate market's going down. Yeah. And I've literally had a friend every year since then. So when we hear people today, we meet people today saying, oh, it's kind of over now. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Don't discount it completely. And rents usually lag. Like what we've seen over the years is that property prices will spike up and then rents will take quite a little while to catch up to them. And it's kind of what we've been seeing now is that rents have spiked up incredibly yeah. over the last few years. Yeah. Um, but then property prices have gone on another mm-hmm. spike. So you're always kind of, there's always this like incongruent kind of like move, right? It just mm-hmm. property prices bolt up. Yeah. I think we're fortunate though with the areas that we do invest in because this was always the example of someone was buying like a condo in downtown Toronto five, 10 years ago, the purchase price of what you'd have to pay for like a 600 square foot home versus what you could realistically ask for rent, like the numbers just didn't work. But even though prices are increasing in Hamilton, Stony Creek, and this whole area, the rents have like 
very healthily followed as well, right? So even though the prices are getting up there, it's not like we have this big delta between purchase price, carrying costs, and what you can mm-hmm. rent for. Can you share just on that note, can you share some of the latest that you're seeing on duplex rents on some of the stuff that's just happening right now? Yeah, for sure. So um, I would say the most, com- so in the past couple of weeks, there's been, I just sent um some listings to a client yesterday of properties that just sold for duplexes. Some of them were legal, but not all of them. Selling anywhere from 1.1.2 million to 1.4 million. Oh my God. In Hamilton? Hamilton. In Hamilton. Wow. Like one was on Brucedale. Like crazy. That's crazy. Crazy numbers. These are properties yeah. we looked at at 225, crazy, 250, right? 275. Yeah. Anyway. But then when you're looking at what the what you can rent for the full property, you're looking anywhere from you know, 26 to maybe 2,800 for main floor, 18 to 2,000 for lower. And that's numbers that I can I confidently say is, you know, pretty prominent in all the properties, given something that maybe is a bit bigger, or, you know, done up a little bit more. Some people are even pushing even further wow. on those. So you're, you know, before, I always look back, the very first property I purchased in Hamilton was a four level detached back split. We were renting that whole property for 1500 Crazy, right? Where today, right now, I'm renting one of my properties for thirty two hundred, wow. which I feel I could easily re-rent today for like thirty five, thirty six. Mm. It's just, it's like now crazy. Now just get the tenants out. We have right? some like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, move along. Yeah, they hang yeah. in there. But when you have good tenants, it's just nice to keep good tenants. Like yeah, that relationship's is. important, right? It is. Um, okay, so then you went to duplexes and straight rent, and then did you guys hit any challenges along that? Like I feel like Michelle. Just blast through stuff. Did Andrew? Did you yeah, guys hit challenges like, that you had to kind of navigate through? For sure, but I feel that Michelle's very well calculated and like finds out all the information. Like is very good at taking risks, but they're very calculated risks, right? Like yeah. you, she asks all the questions that need to be asked, does above and beyond with the you know the behind the scenes type of stuff, which I think also helped with making you feel comfortable because <laughs> it's not just like hey let's do this and yeah we'll figure yeah. it out as we go like yeah. um, and I find they're the type of investors where if something does go wrong, I find out about it like months later, right? Or sometimes she like in conversation like oh yeah this happened or I had to do this with this tenant or I had this roadblock happen, but it's not like this panic phone call. Like, which right? We, like which we also get. Which, yeah, which yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah, the, yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, at the beginning, you probably would have gotten more. But, you know, as we go on, it's like just, you know, as Nick says, shit happens. And whoever yeah. deals with most shit wins, right? And so what was uh, what was next? Then it was just acquiring more. So after you got the duplex, then it was just another duplex. And it was just trying to grow the portfolio from uh, yeah, there? Yeah, we tried a student rental. So that was going well until COVID. Um, it was a Mohawk student rental in Hamilton. So actually, we just have the seventh room filled. Got it. Um, as of probably March 1st. So that's nice. And I actually, I had a real problem student there, um, but I hired a, pro- that led me to hire a property management company for that property. So that I think was a blessing in disguise Got because it. managing seven different tenants, because it's not like university students where you sign one lease and, you know, it's like a group. It's one at a time, leaving at all times of the year. Yeah, Mohawk's so. definitely more. And that's what we've kind of seen about college. It's just more transitional yeah. kind yeah. of student bodies. People are doing the, like a three-month course. Three-month program here and there. Whereas the universities, you can you have a better chance of getting a group. Yeah. You can kind of get them for a year. Yeah. Um, Mohawk, we found the same thing. But during COVID, what happened? You had vacancies during that period? Yeah. The problem student kind of scared away some of okay, the other students. Say, we didn't see yeah. too much of that, but you had that. Oh, on, yeah. So it was COVID and a problem student. Yes. The problem student was, is this just... He a, had borderline personality disorder. Oh, got um, it. And okay. we didn't know until the other students started complaining that he was attacking them verbally and being loud. So and they ended up leaving because of a it. A couple yeah. of them did. Okay. One of them took me to the landlord tenant board because he said I didn't act fast enough. He notified me two weeks before he left that he was leaving because he couldn't take it anymore. And that was the first I'd ever heard from him specifically on the topic. What would he want from you, the landlord, in that situation? Well, he wanted everything. Uh, like, oh, really? Yeah, $3,000. Oh, yeah. He wanted his moving costs paid. Um, yeah, he basically well, gave me two weeks notice and said I want my last month's rent back got it and that seems like an unreasonable expectation it was very unreasonable he lost but I mean I hired Cali and it would have been cheaper to just pay him his last month rent and that's what we found a lot of the times is (laughs) that when someone even though it's wrong you just grit your teeth and and, you know let them get the, the win for Michelle Michelle got a phone call from the so this is a 25 year old adult man 
living student, his student yeah. living in this house. The one who took me the landlord tenant, oh, not, not, the, not right. the problem student. His okay. sister calls Michelle at work and starts reaming on her, saying how awful she is and how can she take advantage of this poor kid. He's a 25-year-old adult. Oh, it's a good thing I wasn't talking to them because I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have the patience like she yeah, does. Yeah, I'd yeah. have been like, listen, you're like a 25-year-old mm-hmm. adult little bitch. Like, come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I you was kind of curious how the landlord and tenant board would handle something like this too. I was more just like, hmm. Let's see what happens. And, and what did the this. adjudicator say? Like, how did that process go? Because they ended up losing, but was yeah, it like... The adjudicator, basically, they just listened to all the information. And then, like, a month later or so, we got a verdict that the student lost. And that's it. Like, you I have to it. pay for my legal fees. And the student who represented himself basically had no consequences. Yeah, so, got it. So, yeah. And so you couldn't go after any missing rent or anything from that student? It it wasn't worth it. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't worth it. Small amount by the time you go through court. But like he wanted stuff like he, apparently what, he broke a car window while he was moving out. His TV broke. He wanted me to pay for that. Yeah. This guy supposedly poisoned his fish. He wanted his fish replaced. Like, <laughs> got it. Whatever. Yeah. Right? Wow. Really? Just throw it at the wall. Really? And see what eh? sticks. Oh, yeah. It's amazing to me in life that I don't think uh, a lot of people realize is that, like, you know, how you do anything is kind of like how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And if someone behaves like that in life, that's all you need to know about them to extrapolate their whole life out. And if they yeah. don't make some changes, yeah. you see where that kind of person's future, what kind of life they're going to have. Yeah. And it's going to be rather awful and challenging for them unfortunately yeah. and I'm not justifying the pain they put you you guys through I just mean you can kind of see like who lives people, a happy life and who doesn't yeah people bring that on themselves I think like I always the one tenant I had in Hamilton years ago I would call him Eeyore because every time I would talk to him I'm like hey James how's it going I'm okay and yeah, like he always yeah, had yeah. this like yeah. right but like he would lose his job or like all these bad things were always happening to him and I'm like just bring some better energy around yeah. you right like have a more positive attitude as you enter into the world and I think better things will happen yeah but it, and it's, it's just that it's yeah. hard to forget for people to make the shift I think yeah um, okay, so you got through the student rental. You tried out the student rental. Where's your sweet spot these days? What do you like? Is it duplexes, single family kind of rentals, condos? Like, what's what's your ideal investment in 2022? Uh, a vacation property in Costa Rica. Yeah, got it. Yeah, which uh, yeah. which ended up was kind of like you guys were going to go down there, but then it didn't happen. Yeah, you bought okay. something here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what? Why, why did you buy? You tell us about that. Well, we had a trip booked um, to go to Costa Rica in April 2020, and COVID canceled that. Um, So we've always wanted to retire up north, like to a cottage. Derek loves to fish, and obviously we love nature. Um, So we thought, well, waterfront property probably isn't going to get cheaper, so do you want to just go shopping for a cottage now? So we did, and the highways were completely empty because people were actually staying home. Um, We found a cottage that we absolutely loved in Halliburton on our second outing. So we put in an offer. There were no other bids. It was right before all the cottage craziness. So that, I think, was our savior during COVID. We couldn't leave the country to travel. We were locked down, but we could go to the cottage and get away. So it was amazing. And I'm so glad we bought it. Yeah, because since you've bought that property, it's gone up 20 to $30 million. (laughs) I think think like three weeks after we closed the deal, everything went crazy like absolutely crazy yeah, like i think yeah. we closed roughly around may 2 4 mm-hmm. so like everything everything was still like I, we we're on the dvp heading up to like the end of the dvp with like six cars on the highway like nobody yeah it good for you guys beautiful yeah everything just kind of ramped yeah. it just went quiet and then everything just it happened to us with that blue mountain property we we bought it, it was mm-hmm. kind of quiet we were looking around why is no one really doing anything this kind of looks really interesting to us and then 30 days later it just kind of went like that yeah you know mm-hmm. um andrew i'm sure your cottage where you guys bought in peter bro now i'm sure you look at the comps on that property and you guys are happy on that thing too it's insane yeah, yeah. It's an we absolute... had it appraised by the bank like in the summer and you know banks are always very very conservative. low and very conservative their appraisal we were like whoa we would take that yeah. so yeah it's kind of mind-blowing right now yeah good we're, for you. we're buying like the cottage beside us right now and we're paying more for this cottage which is like it's a three season. It's a piece of crap <laughs> than what we paid for ours. But we're like, it's just you're now paying for the waterfront land, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's crazy. It sure. 
So then now you guys have this, what, what kind of, how do you manage some of these properties? Are you using spreadsheets to track income? Do you use QuickBooks? Like how are you doing some of the management of some of just, um, you know, the, the income expenses on these properties? How do you do the? I use Account Edge. Account Edge, so a software program? Yeah, I, uh, I did that for work actually. So okay. yeah, I was doing bookkeeping at work and because it was just a really small company, I kind of do everything. I, I mean, we've grown since 97, but I've kind of seen all aspects of running a small business. So I've taken some of the skills that I've learned there. And and so everything's in an accounting software, all the money coming in and coming out. And then the professionals that you're using, who has been valuable to you? I guess it's been, um, you know, lawyers, paralegal. Yep. I mean, we recently just switched to Andrew Topping, your accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's amazing. Um, we tell everyone he's amazing. Yeah, I don't think anyone believes us, yeah, but yeah, he, he is yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's really good. Um, as far as professionals, I mean, yeah, lawyers for sure. We've used a few different ones. We, we've done some private lending as well. So we've um, hooked up with like a mortgage broker who's also another a rock star member. And uh, he's introduced us to his lawyers too. So it kind of just, you know, branches out from there and your circle gets bigger and you don't have to rely on one. So what kind of private lending are you doing and what rates are those going for? Um, second mortgage is at like 12%. And then what do you look for? What gives you comfort? What's uh, what's an approved second mortgage for you to lend out against and what's not? Um, so 80, 80% loan to value. So we don't want to lend out so much that the, you know, that our, our loan is at risk, our money's at risk. Um, so yeah, at least 12% because we're using our home equity line of credit. Okay. To lend on. So we want to make like a difference. Like if the home equity line of credit is like 3%, we make 12. Okay. Then it's like 9% net. So. And so the first and second mortgage together can't, can't be greater than 80% on the value of the property. Yeah. Yeah. So you're comfortable that if there's a real estate correction, I'm just going to, my mind yeah. always goes to worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. if the real estate uh, drops 20%, you guys are still covered. Yeah. If it drops more than 20%, you're, you're underwater there and you're in second position. So that's the risk to you. But in exchange for this risk, you're getting 12%. Yeah. Taking it from your uh, credit line at, uh, what did you say? Three and a half? Three, yeah, something three, like that. Three and a half percent and making the difference. Yeah. And we try to lend to different people. We're not like lending one person 300,000, you know, we'll lend to, you know, 100,000. Are there cities that you like or property types that you like or no, everything's just open? Yeah, everything's open. I, like I said, I do, I have a mortgage broker that I deal with who kind of hooks me up with the deals and he vets the, the deals, you know, for me. So I'm not going out and finding the people myself at this point. Okay. And then Michelle, why are you like, you're, you know, you're buying, you do rent to own, student rental, you've done duplexes and you guys have covered a lot. And I feel like I got to ask, like, where's this coming from? Like, where is this come from? Uh, Andrea and I have both worked with a lot of people now and not everyone has this kind of like push to do this. Why, where, what, what is burning inside of you that's Mm -hmm. making this happen? Because you're not doing a little bit, you're doing a lot. Yeah. And in an unassuming way, I would say, because if you meet Michelle, I don't think you're like a braggart. Like you're not like, hey, look at me. No. Hey, you know, look at the private lending. <laughs> you're like the opposite. Like you're like the silent assassin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like someone could come and talk to you and you, but yeah. It, have you done student rentals? Check. Have you done rent to own? Check. Have you done private lending? Check. Have you done duplexes? Been to the landlord tenant board? Check. Have you, I'm sure you've dealt with mortgage problems and bank problems as well. They've so, also done like large renovations to the, du- like to make oh, them have you guys? To make They've been legal. through yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot with that it. too. So yeah. St. Catharines, we now have a, what is it? It's a legal duplex with. No, it's a triplex. It's, it, is it a legal triplex? Yeah, I thought we, there was some, anyways, no. whatever. It's a legal triplex. I like Derek's role here. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Duplex, triplex, all the or same whatever. to me. Is yeah. it in the spreadsheet? Is it in the accounting software? Yeah. Does the rent come yeah. in? Just yeah. tell me if the rent's coming in. And yeah. then we just did one in <laughs> Hamilton, made it a legal duplex. Oh, good for you guys. So you're dealing with contractors as well, the city. And the city. The city is always a pain. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the contractors deal with the city, so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but so where's this coming from? Like, why are you going down this path? Um, I think I'm just the type to, like, I'm a lifelong learner. I just always want to grow and learn new things, try new things. And I just don't want to be stuck in a rut. Like you only live once. Have right? you had friends or family just kind of look at you and shake their heads to both of you and just say like, what the heck are you guys doing? Let me tell you, <laughs> I, very few people at the TTC know what we are involved in. A handful that I really know. That you trust. trust. Yeah. No. And there's been a few others that I've been brought into a conversation and it's been mentioned. And so I tell them what's going on and they're like, but you're going to walk away from your pension. Like is 
absolutely I'm going to walk away. There's more to life than a pension, guys. These guys are working six, seven days a week to bump up for a few extra hundred dollars or whatever. That's fine. Cool. I never worked a day of overtime in 17 years. Not one single day. Yeah, got it. But they all, and half of these people don't even own houses. They're paying rent. So when they would, when when these people would hear what you guys are up to, what would the response be? You're Too crazy. risky? You're crazy. Yeah. Oh, the market's going to crash or all oh, the interest rates are going to go up. You're going to be broke. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the classic one, isn't right? it? Isn't yeah. it? The interest rates are going to go up. Yeah. Yeah. But meanwhile, they went on about a $100,000 car and they live in their mom's basement. Good for you. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. They want to each their own, but... I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but that's that's the mindset most people. They're so fixated on this pension and. So when you walked whatever. away, do you get do you, seventeen years? Do you qualify for a prorated pension of some no, sort? No, so I, I pulled, I, I pulled everything out. So okay, you can do that. You so, have the option yeah, to say whatever yeah. my balance because is. Just I give was, it to me. because I was under fifty. I, I was able to pull everything out. There was no way I was going to leave it in there and let someone else dictate. Yeah, they're so, good for you, man. So the way it works is I, the pension statement that I get never reflects what I actually was going to get. So we were really surprised. We're like, whoa, you get that much? You could have retired so, a long so time I thought, ago. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought, all right, I'm going to get like 100 grand, right? Whatever. Minus penalties or whatever. Whatever, sure. whatever yeah. the rules are, right? So I call the pension office. I say, yeah, I'm leaving as of July 10th. Can you send me over my numbers, whatever? So they give me my two options, leave it in or pull it out. So when I pulled it out, the CRA for some reason has this weird rule that like it has to go into a lira because it's pensionable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. money, right? But you're only allowed to put so much of it into a lira. So they put 192,000 into a lira and then they gave me 130,000 cash payout because that wasn't eligible for a lira minus withholding taxes. So I ended up coming home with like 90, mm-hmm. 90 whatever in change. Got it. But it was like way more than I was ever expecting. So that, that kind of also was like, okay, that's cool. That takes a bit of pressure off in case we need a little bit of a. And how were you able to come to the conclusion that it was okay to walk away? I'm just kind of like for myself, what I went through is I extrapolated my life out and I'm like, if I don't walk away from this job at like in my early thirties, I don't like the way or what I think I'll be as a person in my late forties. So I need to leave because like, I'm going to suck. Well, I was more worried that I wasn't even going to see 50. Like I it was, was that, I, it was I, that bad. I was at the point where like, so I was working like a one to say nine, right? 1 a.m.? No, 1 p.m. to like 9 p.m. Roughly, right? Something like that. As like say, I would leave for work at like 12.15, maybe 12.20. As it gets closer to like noon, I can already feel my heart rate going up. I can just feel the Mm -hmm. like, and then like I'm putting on my uniform and I like, it's like almost like, like almost freeze. You know what I mean? It's just like, I I don't want to do this. I I don't want to be here anymore. I just don't. And so we finally like looked at everything and we were like, yeah, sure. Well, actually, there's one more piece. Um, I was listening to, I guess, probably Erwin's podcast, and he was talking about options trading. So I made Derek listen to that. I'm like, Derek, this is your out. <laughs> so yeah, I said, I, I manage everything else, so you have to do this. So he was willing to try it, and I ended up doing it too because... Because you're Michelle, yeah, and you're going to get into and it. COVID, yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't yeah. really much else going yeah. on during COVID. So, so yeah, that, that has helped too. Like, yeah. I mean, I am totally not aggressive. We got other education outside of Irwin and really learned the ups, downs, everything. So that gave you comfort because you felt yes. like this is another stream of income we can create yeah. uh, trading yeah. these options. And, and like, I'm not, I'm not looking to get rich. Like, yeah. I'm, like for me, you just want another income stream. Twenty five hundred dollars a month, and I'm mm-hmm. very happy. Like, that's all I need. I don't need, I know a lot of people love Tesla and everything, but I don't need a Tesla mm-hmm. and I don't need a lot of things. Yeah, there's more to life than, you know what I mean? There's no, like you always hear that reading different books, like happiness doesn't, you can't buy happiness. And I think I remember reading that and thinking, I don't know, I kind of want to try buying <laughs> happiness, you know, like, yeah. you know like, but you, you kind of come to realize at a certain age that happiness comes from like the friends and family that you're around and from the experiences that you have yeah. and 
you know, buying a car is like just really unsatisfying. It is, especially um, putting gas in it these days too. Yeah, <laughs> but getting to walk in the forest now, like you were describing today, oh, yeah. and take pictures of. I've like, done in the last two years. The one thing that has come from COVID, I've been out in the woods more in the winter than I have ever been. I've seen stuff that I never thought was possible. Like yesterday, I sat on a bench looking at it, a screech owl in a tree for half an hour, just watching it sleep all by myself. Mm -hmm. enjoying the sun enjoying the outdoors yeah real life yeah and no one else around just me and that bird that's it what would you tell to someone listening to this who's going to a job that they freeze like that because that is like i've kind of had that in my own i would say you need to i know it's hard it's a hard to even if you're not in the position we're in there's other op there's always other options Mm -hmm. like if you're that at that point it can't be healthy for you and you're going to end up dying at that job, like you will, it's gonna kill you. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes and it's whatever you're not changing, you're choosing, right? So when people have that outlook of like, poor me, you're always complaining about certain stuff, like sure, a lot of people are dealt maybe bad cards or bad things might happen to you, but if you're not actively doing something to change that, you have chosen that for your life. Yep, and I don't think- Without her, it would've never happened. How did you guys meet? High school. High school. Actually, yeah. it was probably before high school. I used to play baseball and hockey with her brother. Yeah, but we got together in high school. Cool. So, Kids? Yeah. Yep, yeah. two two boys, two teenage boys. And then, Michelle, what now? Like, I noticed that you you checked out some keto stuff and you do some CrossFit stuff. Yep. Um, so you're just constantly evolving. Yeah. Where does that all come from? <laughs> I don't know, just constant improvement and keeping life interesting. What... Uh, where do you think this extrapolates out for you guys? You guys are young. Um, what is the next 10, like how does this kind of move forward from here? I don't know. You have choices, you have freedom. We do. And that's why we want to get a place in Costa Rica too. So that's a uh, next goal? Yeah. yeah. And then how have you been able to, and I guess that will happen because you've been able to build a portfolio, I assume by refinancing some of the earlier properties? Yeah. We have, yeah. Okay. And then, um, Andrew, is that what you still see most people doing who are growing their portfolio? They'll go back for to sure. a previous property, refinance, pull out equity, and then use that as a down payment? Yeah, especially if they've owned it for you know quite a lot of years like you guys have, or even if you've owned it in the last few years, you know there's still enough yeah. equity to pull to then be able to move on to more properties. We did that in Timmins. We, we ended up, Michelle got a joint venture partner who lives in Sudbury who owned a whole bunch of houses in Timmins. So there was some other investor up there who got himself into trouble and bank was repoing all these houses this person owned. Oh shit. So we bought two triplexes for 70,000 cash. Come on. Yeah. Holy shit. And then those were just flips or something? You still have those? Oh, you still have those. We refinanced them. And you rent those out? Yeah. Wait, you bought two for 70,000 each? No, no. Go ahead. One was like 22 and one was like 51 or something. What, did you put that on your visa card? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much it was a line of credit, yeah. Holy (laughs) smokes. No, it was insane. So you bought those just cash? Yeah, and I've never seen any. So the property, You're holding this back for me? You're not telling them? You're not leading with the story? (laughs) Have you ever been to Timmins? No, I've never been to Timmins. There's a long drive from somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. got it. There's nothing. Yeah, it's but, eight hours north. Wow. But yeah, it's way up there. But I've never seen it before. Our, um, I don't know what, some legal document we got. If you go to build a pool, say, and you find gold, it's the sole proprietorship of the Porcupine Gold Mine Company. Like, I <laughs> oh, guess, really? I guess, I guess the gold miners own the deed for the property, but they allowed the city to put residence on it. But got if you it. find gold, it's their gold. It's not your gold. It's like... I've never seen this. Did you have to repair these properties? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah, got they con- were they were really in really bad shape. And so. how did you manage that? How many times were you driving up there to manage? We went once. So you just went. We one went time. once to see the property. So we partnered with somebody we met at the Rockstar VIP uh, group who had the properties up there. What the heck goes on at these VIP meetings? Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> okay. You bought property. Yeah. Up so there. we went up there. We met her. She showed us around, um, and then she basically manages them. So we have. I'd say we put about. 200,000 all in, including the purchase price and including fixing them up. So, and basically they're both a duplex with a house in the backyard, making it a triplex. Okay, got it. And what are the numbers on like, what, what kind the of rent do you get up in Timmins? Yeah. The rent is crazy. Like three, one, I was looking last night, one of them we make about, not make, but the gross rent is 3,000. The other one's like 4,400. 
Wow. Like the rent prices compared to the purchase prices, at least the purchase prices from before. I've, as I understand, Timmins didn't used to appreciate, but I think it has during COVID. Yeah. And, and um, even though you took that off a credit line from a house somewhere, yeah. the, that's still going to cash flow for you. Oh, yeah. At 200000 total on that yeah. much rent coming oh, yeah. in. Yeah. So those are big wins yeah. for you guys. Yeah. And even splitting it. But the, the during COVID, there were some issues with rent. Like I, we had more uh, tenant problems um, in Timmins than we did with our properties here. Uh, yeah, I think so the tenant profile is just different. It's not great. I wouldn't want to manage it, but my partner is very used to that tenant profile and she does a great job. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that, well, people will, when they'll talk to us about investing, we'll always say, hey, try to get your first investment in a bigger population center, even if you're going to pay more and mm -hmm. the cash flow is less. And the reason for that is that if you have a vacancy, you're likely going to fill it faster. If oh, you yeah. need contractors, although a lot of them are a pain to deal with, you're likely going to find contractors easier. Mm -hmm. And then if you have insider knowledge of Timmins or different communities around Ontario, go for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But some people will come to us and say, I want my first property to cash flow like a million dollars. And so I'm buying it way up north and I'm like well who's your team up there who's going to manage it yeah. so it's kind of like this weird balance and I think sometimes you can be better served by not starting there but mm -hmm. then once you have the experience that you guys have with paralegals and lawyers and financing go for it because mm -hmm. you can take the systems and you just kind of re-implement them up there yeah for so, sure. so good for you so this Costa Rica property is definitely going to happen because at some point you're just going to refinance somewhere and well you're it's more can we get there like right now we can't go there. Yeah, so got it. We actually yeah. have never even been there, but I've heard so many other people talk about it, um, how amazing it is. And for the, you know, the bird photography and wildlife photography that oh, yeah. Derek yeah, wants to do. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So Costa Rica on the beach somewhere, close to water somewhere. I don't really care if it's near the beach, honestly. Doesn't matter to me. You just want somewhere out of Canada with warm weather. Yeah. That was our plan always to retire up north, be there in the summer, like at the cottage and go somewhere. And is that how you adventures. see the next 10, 20 years of your life evolving? Will it be part of the time in Canada, part of the time out of Canada? Yeah. I guess the reason I'm asking that is I've never really before thought until the last year of how much time I want to spend out of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. But in the last no, in the last year, like I've never being born here, I've always just thought, okay, this is my home base. But now with everything that's happened and over the last couple of years, I'm like, okay, how little time am I going to need to spend in this country? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of reverse myself. Sure. I'm telling Carol, I'm like, okay, listen, we have Croatia. Mm -hmm. We'll get another home base in somewhere else, and we'll just have this triangle yep. where we just go around. But I've never thought, as a Canadian, I've, I've never thought that. Everyone here is nodding their heads. It feels like you guys are nodding, saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've never felt that before. I never. Right? But Being this past year, especially the past few months, I'm like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I see yeah. even, like, I see we are watching someone, I don't, I don't know who it is, someone from here that owns in Costa Rica, we are watching some video that he put on, and, like, everyone just looks normal over there. Yeah. You look outside, and everyone's walking down the street, you hear the birds, you hear the monkeys, you hear whatever, and I'm like, meanwhile, we're all locked up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like monkeys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder why that is, right? Like, what is happening in the Western world? Don't get me started. On yeah. Yeah. And I guess yeah. I kind of I kind of know why it's happening. It's kind of like the end of a system. And, you know, you can pick your part that you don't agree with, but there's many parts of it that are breaking and it's kind of exposing yeah. itself in, in different ways. It is. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like unfortunate, but it's to be expected a little bit, too. You know, like if you read history a little bit, it's kind of like, yeah, this is kind of like the time of this kind of process to go through a little bit of upheaval. Um, but none of us like change and it kind of kind of sucks. You know, you don't want to look at the country that you were born in that maybe was renowned around the world to be like the height of like freedom and democracy to kind of see where it is now is kind of interesting, you know. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of veering off. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Andrea, for, for you, um, how are you seeing you investors come in compared to Michelle and Derek? Do they have, you know, are they still looking in the same places? Are you seeing a change from how Michelle started to now? Um, is there a type of property that people are looking at differently? Are more areas around Ontario more accepted readily right out of the box? Because I know before when we were starting to try to tell someone about Hamilton, they thought you were absolutely crazy, yeah. right? So are you seeing any changes over like 10 years from newer investors? Or is it the same kind of fears? Like everyone has the same yeah, fears. Yeah, I think everyone's biggest fear typically is 
am I going to be able to find a tenant? Like that seems to be the biggest fear. But I would say in terms of the type of property people are looking at before, if we had mentioned a duplex, there'd be some people that are like, yeah, we want to have a duplex where most people I found, you know, 10 years ago, they were doing rent to owns or single family where now duplex seems to be duplex or some form of a multifamily seems to be the way most people are going because, you know, of course we can bring in a lot more monthly rent versus a single family and with prices going the way that they are it obviously helps with people cash flowing and kind of maintaining that Um, but I think the fear level is always still going to be there Um, no matter what I I hear the same kind of you know types of questions all the time and it's interesting because people will tell us that oh the mortgage rules are changing and it's harder or this is harder but it's investors just seem to kind of morph to find strategies that work at any times and sometimes they're not perfect mm-hmm. but the market keeps moving on i think the investors that do the best are the ones that take any of those challenges or changes and figure out how that can then be a positive to them mm-hmm. right instead of looking like oh my gosh like this is happening it's like well does that mean now we have a larger tenant pool or you know is there going to be less people now bidding like what is it that out of what everyone else is perceiving as a negative can be a positive for you and in your portfolio our option coach says where is the opportunity now so just look at the market you know it applies to real estate as well for sure just where's the opportunity Yeah, I think in life, like there's just always an opportunity, right? If you're kind of aware of it. And I think that's more important than ever for people to understand, especially just with what's going on in the world right now. It's so easy to get dragged on into like the negativity of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much opportunity. Like there's someone who's going to start their investing journey this year in 2022. And we're going to talk to them three or four years from now. And they're going to hit like major home runs. And there's someone else right now in 2022 who's going to stop because someone, either their own mind or someone told them not to do it and three or four years from now they're going to say oh i really wish i kind of proceeded well that's going to be the thing it's the people that keep telling you not to do it yeah i have to say that's one thing like my parents have always been like hey i i would have never done it but you guys go for it do whatever you think you can do right and michelle's parents have always been supportive of it too yeah they've never been negative about it which is big right yeah i think for us it's weird because we're immersed with investors all the time right and this is just normal to us and if i see an opportunity tomorrow i'm like okay let's put an offer in and figure out on wednesday how to get the financing for it right like you just jump on these opportunities but i have this conversation all the time like there's somebody for everyone like we still need those people that only want to invest in GICs and mutual funds right because we can't all be going after the properties and there's like a different comfort level for every person mm-hmm. and it I think we're just crazy but we feel like there's more of us because we're, yeah, always around we're surrounded people, by each other like but it, we're it, actually not until a couple of years ago when we still went to larger gatherings and yeah. if I'd find myself somewhere where I didn't know the people and it was some event and some people talk about real estate and it's the last thing I want to talk about right yeah. I'm like, oh my god but I hear the conversation going on around I'm like oh you know interest rates are gonna go up and the market's gonna crash or you can't find any good investments these days this would be like 2016 or something yeah. right and I'm just kind of like hiding in the corner like please don't even (laughs) get me dragged into this conversation right now and everyone's just like talking themselves out of doing anything and they're all agreeing with each other and I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) you know so um, if Michelle looking back on this journey and then Derek I guess I'll ask you looking back on this what would you is what would you tell yourself when you were just starting out anything different than what you already believed has it unfolded the way you thought it would yeah I think so Uh, I would have started sooner like most people Um, But yeah, I think the most important thing is um, the power of Kaizen, which is basically incremental small improvements. Just do something every day or every week. Um, We we actually, I was looking back at my records and in 2013, when we started doing balance sheets to to see our net worth, um, we just wrote down retire by October 2022. We kind of just forgot about it. No way. And then Derek, he retired this year, so... Good for you guys, man. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Holy shit. You read a lot. I do, yeah. What kind of books do you read? Um, I read all different kinds, actually. <clears throat> I brought. I thought you would get a kick out of this because I know that <laughs> okay. you, you like to read. So this, my boss had me keep a book list. He always encouraged me to read. So this is basically 24 pages of like a oh list, list of books since like 98. That, oh my god. That I've read. The only thing you that You are a silent assassin <laughs> who keeps track in such detail of the books they've read. This is amazing. Holy smokes. 
The only Good thing that I think I could do better is I, I don't like spend a lot of time with the books and like, I, I will read it and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. But then I'm just on to the next one. But I figure it all, you know, seeps in and has some yeah, effect kind of on my life. Yeah. Totally. So. Because if it, even if it changes your thinking by half a degree exactly. and you move on to the next book, yeah. you're half a degree different in exactly. a different direction and it compounds, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and there's some, to me, it's the book's job to grab me, not mm-hmm. my job to make the book interest me. Yes. So if, you know, if their book's not capturing me enough to sit down and ponder it or reflect on it, then I kind of move on and I have no kind of like remorse in that. That kind of regard yeah but there are been the it have been the odd book where it has such an effect on me that it'll dictate like the next two years of my life in some way that some idea some thought you know you, you've kind of just quoted out a few things here now that obviously resonated with you and i find that a lot of people who achieve great things in their life personally great things to themselves because we're all different mm-hmm. um are readers yeah. you know so i'm not surprised that you have a big fat book list. Like yeah. anthony was just here the other day and we were like he's like how many books have you purchased and we just did some math and a quick math because i don't have a documented list like this <laughs> and i'm like i guess it's been and we we guessed it's like okay it's over a thousand but i don't know where it is you know so uh and i haven't read all those books but i gotta think that about 75 percent i have read mm-hmm. and 25 percent, maybe 10 pages in or 20 pages in i just kind of like yeah not interesting me and i have just no remorse of throwing a book away if it hasn't interested me mm-hmm. um i donate them i don't want to just like throw yeah. them in the garbage See, i feel i have out. to finish everything so yeah yeah i used to be like that yeah. i used to think if i bought the book it's my job to finish the book yeah. now i think it's the book's jobs to capture my attention yeah, that makes sense so um yeah cool yeah. um and then derek looking back i guess 10 years ago or more, I guess, when you started this journey, what would you, you know, what have you learned? Is it unfolding the way you thought it would? What uh, what can you reflect on? Um, it's exceeded my expectations because in the beginning, I I honestly didn't, I, I couldn't see it. Like, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just not built that way. I didn't see that there is, I just, all I saw was, well, I think Michelle even pulled up an email last night that she had sent me and I replied to her and I'm like, look, the cash flow is dropping because of this and this and, and like everything just never seemed like it was going to progress forward. Right. But I mean, I trust everything she does. What was the tipping point then on that? Because if you were replying to that kind of email, when did when did um, you have the tipping point where you're like, oh, this really is benefiting our lives? I would say by probably the time we bought Rowena. So what, how many that years was, in is that? Like, like seven years 2013. in? Oh, okay. So like, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> like a okay. year in, but that was oh, like okay. our fourth or fifth. Yeah, because I think you bought two in 2012, didn't you? Yeah. I was looking yeah. back at my... Yeah, yeah chart, we bought yeah. a rent own and a duplex in 2012. Yeah. Then we bought the second duplex in 2013. Yeah. But actually it was the duplex we were converting to a triplex in St. Catharines in 2014 that you were questioning is this cash flow going to work yeah like by the time one, yeah. we add like all these but, other but, bills yeah because that so, one's scary yeah. when you're investing a lot yeah, yeah. to get it converted. so I was yeah. questioning yeah. the cash flow but overall though it wasn't anymore it's like okay we're going to look at a house and we'd walk into a house with Andrea actually we walked into a lot with Andrea where <laughs> Michelle had this thing that she wanted to get downtown Hamilton like downtown Hamilton the numbers and, were good <laughs> We, I don't know how many houses we walked into that I, I don't even know if we made it into one room and these two would turn and look at each other and spin around. I'm like, I just can't do this. I always yeah. say to people, there you're, are some... yeah, you're not offending yeah. me because this is not my house. So if you ever don't want to continue, just tell me and yeah. we're out. Yeah. 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 Pull the plug. I do, Andrew, and, and there's other houses that you walk in where you just like take two steps in. You're like, oh my gosh, we need to make an offer immediately. That was the cottage actually. Yeah, that was the cottage. Yeah. And Michelle didn't even want to go see this cottage because the real estate agent i guess he did his own photos. like photos and stuff and they were brutal and they were brutal online and the all i saw i didn't even look at the photos it's coming from a photographer of course they were brutal <laughs> <laughs> but he had a drone shot of the overhead and our cottage is on four acres and i was like we're gonna have deer in our yard at this cottage we got to go see it so michelle's like fine we'll go see it right so first we went to look at one property and it already had an offer on it but it wasn't firm and we could you know put an offer in if we wanted to we liked the place it wasn't bad then we went over here and we went wandered around outside at first and i'm like all i'm thinking in my head is like oh this is great whatever right and we go inside and when you walk in the front door um it's like an open area with like the table and stuff so michelle and the agent stopped there to like look at the numbers and stuff so i was like whatever and i just kept going so i walked into the master and then i walked into like the main area and i, I came back out and i'm like 
I forget what I said exactly, but they were like, what, is it bad? And I'm like, just go take a look. And they walked around the corner and they were like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, we got to get this place. Turnkey. Like, we didn't have to do anything. It's yeah, nicer yeah. than our home in Mississauga. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and we got yeah. furniture, everything. Like, we got it all. It was done. It's yeah. amazing what a property purchase like that can do for your life because it changes your lifestyle. Yeah. Right? It's something we noticed when we bought that uh property we got in Croatia when we couldn't afford it and we really it, it was basically we gave up like three or four rental properties in Hamilton to buy because we had to buy cash over there not that it was a lot of money we just didn't have a lot of money so mm -hmm. it took everything we had okay yeah. but it changed our lifestyle immediately because then every summer we started going there and the kids were going there mm -hmm. so it's like it these things that you put off sometimes or many people put off you don't realize that if you get it earlier your whole life is better mm -hmm. it changes your life like immediately yeah. so uh, good on you guys to do it. and I gotta just say something like here you guys and like you guys working with Andrea and Andrea having the, the guts to kind of do this kind of stuff when she did because you really started young doing I think this. I was 25 25 and I think we probably forced you to buy an investment property yeah I couldn't work with <laughs> yeah. investors of, of my own until I had it so I just came that was, our, that was, was our like, like JP we got to buy a property it's <laughs> like okay yeah, yeah but then he was on board <laughs> he like so he was very like the accountant oh very worst case scenario at the beginning, where now it's like every day he comes home and he's like, okay, we're gonna buy this and we're gonna do that. And I'm like, oh my God, like now I can't keep up. But to your credit, we put a lot of things in front of Andrea, like listen, you can't work with someone like Michelle who wants to be an investor if you're not an investor yourself. So if you wanna work with us, and then she went out and did it. Yeah. Like yeah. that just by itself is insane. So to hear you, that, that that path and journey that you went through, and then to hear you guys and like, you're reading the books and convincing Derek, and then Derek gets on board and going through this stuff, and it's I actually remember one time Derek's like, when are we going to buy our next property? Yeah, yeah, what? it changed. Yeah, 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 it changed. <laughs> but it, it, it wasn't that scary anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it actually, it, other than like getting a proof for findings, it, it is quite simple to do if yeah. you have everything in place. Well, it's like, everything, everything like let's go to one of your worst situations in this. Might be the student rental situation you went through. I'm sure there's other crazy stories that you have, mm -hmm. but let's let's go to that one. If you don't go through something like that, how do you grow as a person? Yeah. Because now as an investor, the next time something like that happens, or the next time you're signing leases, you know a few questions to ask that are maybe different. You know, you prefer a group maybe if you can, if it's possible. You just have that much more experience. And I tell everyone like, failure to me is the raw material of success. Yep. Like, you just can't achieve what you want to achieve unless you screw up. It would it would be like in photography, trying to nail that perfect picture of the owl that you just showed me. If you didn't take 10,000 previous pictures that were like not so good and were of like other birds that really weren't as impressive. Because conditions change every second of every day. Yeah, and you got to right. kind of keep moving. So yeah. I, I really just want to say that you guys are all an inspiration to me because I don't think we realized when we were starting out how crazy it can be to get into the real estate investing world like we took it as like yeah like this just makes sense like these properties like this is the rent this is the expenses like why aren't you buying this you know, you know what i mean and uh you probably I, didn't realize how many people's lives you would change so yeah, significantly yeah. too yeah small part we're a small part <laughs> i think you you guys were going to change your lives with or without <laughs> us but we managed to come together and yeah. kind of support each other through the journey so but you, it, it you, does make it easier though like for us to take this all on on our own without having someone like andrea and without having like the support from all the different people that you present and we have options to deal with like just to go out on your own I'm not saying it can't be done but it makes it a lot easier when you can bounce ideas off of someone while Michelle can bounce ideas off yeah, of someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, and, and it, yeah totally and I think it's just meaningful for me because when I quit my job people thought uh, it was crazy like and then we had the first so in my software world people thought we were cra I was crazy and then uh, when we went into real estate at the previous brokerage that we were at people pulled Mike aside and said don't ever work with investors and don't work with these guys Tom and Nick because they work with investors and investors are the worst people to work with because they ask for numbers <laughs> oh, no. you know what I mean? and we just thought we just thought man like why is everybody just like and we just ignored it all but in the back of their heads you're like really like another person thinks this is like you know crazy idea and at that time we just put our blinders on and we were like no this just like makes sense we're just gonna keep doing it and yeah. we kind of ignored the noise but now to come like a decade later more and see Andrea where you are with you and JP and your properties and everything you've accomplished and what you guys Michelle and Derek have accomplished it's really meaningful for us so please know that although we might not talk every day you guys have an equal impact on us right because when someone maybe throws an attack our way we can think of people like 
like yourselves and say, you know what, it's all right. We know this kind of stuff works. Yeah. So thank you for, sh- you didn't have to come here and share this today. Like you didn't have to do any of this kind of stuff. We had to get out of our comfort zones. So. Yeah, no, no, I'm glad you did. And yeah. thank you for I that. Had to. Yeah, yeah. And, and no, what you, Michelle, you, you know, the, what you're sharing, kind of what you've kind of gone through with real estate and the properties that you kind of looked at. And Derek, just kind of with your, your previous career and the stress you've handled, I think someone listening to this can take a lot of benefit from that. So I totally appreciate it. And then, uh, and and I think, you know, we brought up Andrea's story, so I just want to repeat it. Like Andrea starting at 25 and getting an investment property. How did you decide you wanted to go down this path? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Like, what was it? In terms of investing? Yeah. Um, well, I think initially it just started off as being the opportunity to work here, okay. right? That was kind of the initial part. But then as it, grew, as it grew, as I saw what my clients were capable of, like what real estate has allowed me to do and where I am in life, like is twofold if I had just stayed in my, you know, mm-hmm. normal job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's just kind of that freedom of your time and building something for the future for your kids and you know that's kind of how we look at it as well as you know can we build generational wealth or you know with how housing prices are going or even school prices all that kind of stuff like what can we do to set our kids up for the future as well very cool thanks um anything else before we close off that you wanted to share no thank you tom yeah Yeah, no no no, no. (laughs) thank you andrea anything else you wanted to share no, We're I don't good. think so. I just it's been awesome working with with both of you and it's just a cool story to share, right? So yeah. And if we uh, we know wherever you guys are, Michelle's going to be reading a book somewhere in Costa Rica. <laughs> I will. And be. Derek's going to be in the <laughs> in the. It's pictures. not the woods. It would be the woods in the, the tropical jungle. Oh, yeah. be in the jungle. Sorry, yeah. you'll be in the rainforest yeah. taking pictures. So we yeah. know where to find you. Reading a book and you yeah. in the jungle taking pictures. But she wants to be in the jungle too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. You guys will be there. You'll have to yeah. send us pictures when yes. you're there. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for this. Okay. Thanks for this. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Hey everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Michelle and Derek Spencer and Andrew McDonald on our team. This is just a real special episode for me because this is what it's all about. All of us helping each other and then enjoying some of the fruits of all our labor. So um, thanks Derek and Michelle for sharing your story. You definitely did not have to do that. Really appreciate it. And if you are listening to this and you want to come to the real estate training class that Michelle came to to start your own real estate investing journey, you can come to the next class that we're offering by registering for it at canadianrealestatetraining.com that's canadianrealestatetraining.com that's it for this episode until next time your life your terms